0: Love, talk, radio. And now, Geico's savings stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it, until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico, spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings. Could be following you.
1: K-R-R-P Radio! K-R-R-P
0: Radio! Good evening. You're listening to the K-R-P Radio Show that is Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. I am your guest host, Rocco P. last Friday night of the month. The world has changed since the last show I did. I do not exaggerate. At least not this time. The world has changed. The uh, The war in Ukraine... And it wouldn't be wrong to call it a military operation or a military incursion. Uh, Of course, you could call it an invasion. Uh, But this this has radically changed the war. And when I say that, I'll clarify that throughout the show. What I mean is this. Essentially, the war in and of itself between Russia and Ukraine, if Western Europe and the United States and NATO essentially – ignored that or didn't respond to it uh, forcefully with the, these uh, economic sanctions, which have you know, really, really crippled Russia and are also in the process of uh, undermining the, uh, the role, the authority of the United States and the economy of the United States. And it's also in the process of hurting the economy of Western Europe. If that hadn't happened, if there hadn't been that massive response, and obviously when you see something on TV constantly, as was the case with the SARS-CoV-2, the alleged virus that caused COVID-19, when you see something that's constantly in your face through the CIA-controlled media, on television, throughout the news networks, and on all the, all the big social media fronts, including Facebook, a.k.a. Fedbook, uh, you know there's clearly an agenda. And that's so blatantly obvious with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. If you have any, whatsoever, any, any interaction with any type of social media, not limited to, but including Fedbook, you could see how many people... Are just quickly on board, saying, "Oh, I stand with Ukraine and yeah, putting up a Ukraine flag." No, no, I I, uh, I terminated my FedBook, A.K. Facebook account years ago, but people copy and post things and put it and put it all over the place elsewhere. The Psyop again is a psychological operation. Uh, it's uh, essentially military in nature, and um, the SARS-CoV-2, the alleged virus that caused COVID-19, was the world's greatest psyop when you saw how countries are radically different, including China, Russia, and the United States. And lockstep all responded to it the same way. They all immediately said there would be no return to normal until there's a vaccine. The vaccines that were developed in less than a year, weren't vaccines, there were experimental gene therapies. The traditional protocol to, to get uh, a vaccine FDA produced, not the Food and Drug Administration is the end all, shouldn't exist according to the constitution. There's, there's, no, there's no authority in the enumerate powers of the federal constitution in the United States over healthcare period. But having said that, because there is an FDA, traditionally that it would take a minimum of seven years normally to approve a vaccine. This was completely new biotechnology. It was approved in less than a year. The United States, China, and Russia all responded the same way. Immediately, they were saying there would be no return to normal without the vaccine, which what they gave us wasn't really vaccines. And then when the so-called vaccines came, of course, there wasn't a return to normal. The goalposts, so to speak, continued to shift. All three countries as well as most countries of the world, not just the United States, China, and Russia, not only employed the uh, the propaganda of trying to coerce people to get these experimental gene therapy shots, they also practiced so-called social distancing. Uh, might be a difference not using six feet abroad, but it was different in other places, and they all had masks. Pretty amazing if you see believe that all these countries are independent or could it be as someone like Max Egan would say that there's really one holding company that controls the world and there's just different branches that's uh, certainly the way it appears to me because how could countries on I mean at face value it's different as as far as the culture as different as China the United States and Russia what would cause the so-called leaders to all respond the same exact way the alleged SARS-CoV-2 virus, which supposedly caused COVID-19, this all related to Ukraine. Uh, I will get into it. So it's all related. I'm just throwing that there now to let you know when you look at what's happened in the immediate past, the immediate history with the greatest app in the world, which was COVID-19, the alleged illness caused by the alleged SARS-CoV-2 virus which has never been isolated. You could redefine what isolated means but it's never truly been isolated. Uh, If uh, if you're listening now live and you do want to get on the air please call in 563-999-3683 That number if you want to get on the air is 563-999-3683. I will Get you on the show. So, Ukraine war. I said, called the show new psyop, same agenda. New psyop, same agenda. Let's get, let's go through some history here. Uh, let's look at at least some of the things that have occurred since uh, World War II, which is now well, well over sixty years ago say, well over 70 years ago. NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was established to supposedly counter the Warsaw Pact. So at the end of World War II, the so-called allies led by the United States and England just happened to let Russia, who they were allied with against Nazi Germany, they just let the then Soviet Union, continued to occupy Eastern Europe. Countries like Poland and Germany was divided, East Germany, uh, Romania, Czechoslovakia, Hungary. Uh, Again, the uh, United States and the Western European countries, especially England, just so happened to look the other way and let the former Soviet Union do that. So they formed this Warsaw Pact, with the Eastern Bloc communist countries led by the then Soviet Union and to oppose that the North Atlantic Treaty Organization was established. I was just reading about a week or two ago how from almost from the inception NATO, uh, NATO's really been a failure in other words, so it was designed to just secure the, uh, the military integrity of the North Atlantic. Uh, why did NATO get involved in the illegal U.S. war in Korea? And I say it was illegal. Article One, Section Eight: Only Congress can declare war. War was never declared. War has never been declared, incidentally, by the United States post World War II.
1: The last
0: nation in the world, the last nation in the United States legally declared war, war upon was Romania as part of World War II. It's a long time ago. And you have someone like uh, Fletcher Prouty. Fletcher Prouty could find a lot of his material, uh, talks, speeches, some writings all over the Internet. Fletcher Prouty, who was in that, the world of the CIA and special ops, had said, after World War II, the United States will never declare war again. And thus far, he's been correct. So NATO was formed, and almost from the inception shortly after it was formed, uh, NATO somehow thought that either Korea was in the North Atlantic or by some contorted logic, uh, really a logical fallacy, just by simply lying, somehow a military conflict in Korea uh, became essential to the organization of NATO. You look at the NATO member countries, I didn't pull them all up. I mean, why why was Turkey allowed to join NATO? I don't think Turkey is in the North Atlantic. After the Soviet Union fell, and I do believe that was a legitimate I, – I, I think that was real. In other some people will say in the alternative or new media, media that that was all fake. The Soviet Union never went away. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. If only because for two reasons. Number one, the structural changes that occurred in Russia post-Soviet Union as uh, they did let – Foreign companies then operate inside their economy changed completely and also the release of all the countries that were in under the Eastern Bloc. That included Poland. So when the Soviet Union fell and those Eastern European countries were then no longer part of the Communist Bloc nation. They were then um, more legitimately independent. Immediately, Immediately, NATO started to expand eastward. Yeah, Poland had joined, and if you look on a map, it's very, very simple to see how, after the Soviet Union fell, as more and more nations had joined NATO, uh, Russia is, has been surrounded by NATO-based NATO military bases. <laughs> uh, so this is this is the uh, this is basically the history of what's happened beforehand. Uh, in terms of Eastern Europe. You get down to Ukraine. Very, very interesting what happened with the Ukraine. There was a 2004, what was called an Orange Revolution in Ukraine, and that was funded to, to a very large degree. The CIA funded that to the tune of $5 billion through non-governmental organizations, NGOs, and after the two thousand four Orange Revolution, there's a twenty fourteen, what they call the Euromaidan Revolution. I'm gonna read read uh read two paragraphs from uh, from a Wikipedia place. From Wikipedia, uh, uh, No, this is this isn't Wikipedia, this was another site about about uh Victorian Newland. Answering question of journalists journalists whether it is true that the U.S. has invested $5 billion to promote, quote, democracy, that's my quote-unquote in Ukraine. Victoria Newland answered, quote, the U.S. has invested some $5 billion in Ukraine since 1991 when it became an independent state again after the collapse of the Soviet Union. That money has been spent on supporting the aspirations of the Ukrainian people to have a strong democratic government that represents their interests. So I believe that $5 billion was spent prior to the Orange Revolution in 2004. I could be wrong. Uh, The upshot is what what actually happened is that the U.S. wasn't intent on installing a pro-Western government in 2004. In 2014, uh, the then president at the time, I believe, was Viktor uh, Yanukovych. He was essentially saying he wanted to have some type of formal agreement with Russia. And I believe part the crux always has been from the perspective of Russia. And you know, make no mistake about it, uh, Putin, Putin is a thug, uh, Putin's ex-KGB. I won't get into it tonight, but if you do some research as far as how Putin came into power, it's extremely suspicious. This is someone, again, who's high-level KGB. It certainly appears that the way he came to power could have been through a false flag operation, where yeah, elements of uh, the KGB attacked their own government, and Putin came out looking good like the hero. I'm not saying that did happen. I'm saying it's quite possible. I'm just saying, yeah, obviously Putin, having been high level KGB, Putin make no turn, make make no mistakes about yeah you know, Putin's a thug. And this invasion of Ukraine, though. From the perspective of Russia, uh, they had they had far more uh, tangible reasons to do what they did than, for example, the U.S. in invading Afghanistan, in occupying Afghanistan for 20 years. And what was the mission? You can't blame the Biden administration for that. It case started with George W. Bush. Can't blame Biden for that. Now, the United States military left after that, but the deal was cut with Trump. It wasn't that the U.S.-trained Afghan army folded. Uh, it wasn't that, that they fought and lost. They just quit. The deal was cut. So so just ask anyone who, who's a war hawk, a Republican or a Democrat, since there's a very little difference concerning a perpetual war for both, from both leaders of both major political parties, you ask them, what was the mission in Afghanistan? And if the U.S. didn't leave after 20 years, how long would it take and what would the mission be? Define what the mission would be and how long would it have taken to accomplish it? You look at the horrible U.S. invasion of Iraq. Yes, Saddam Hussein had some issues, but Iraq under Saddam Hussein was a secular nation. There was a small minority of Christians, for example, and they had freedom of religion after Saddam Hussein was deposed by the United States. The United States made it into an Islamic Republic. So a lot of American Christians are terribly ignorant. They don't know what legitimate, born-again people, what they suffered after Saddam Hussein was removed from power, and then the U.S. occupied Iraq and made it an Islamic Republic. Uh, if you do some research you could just see what, what the public opinion polls were in Iraq, yeah, you know, after the US invasion and I think there was one British poll said I think ninety percent of the people said they're glad Saddam Hussein was gone but the US should leave immediately. I believe that the the devastation to Iraq's infrastructure caused about twenty five percent of the entire population of the country to become refugees to flee. So when you consider the fact, if you just look on a U.S. map, for example, and let's just pick the two, two countries that border the United States, Canada and Mexico. Let's say, for example, uh, Russia or China had invested $5 billion and then caused a revolution in China or Mexico, installed a government that was pro-China or pro-Russian. Um, how would the United States respond if then uh, – Russia or China wanted to uh you know military base in uh, Mexico or Canada how the u s respond now having said all that, this current incursion into Ukraine by russia is still it was still a preemptive war so uh, though I said all those things, uh, I will stress again Putin is a thug he should not be trusted by any means uh, he's on the inside he he was trained by the World Economic Forum, as was uh, <laughs> tons of people that are world leaders now, including <laughs> uh, including Justin Trudeau, a.k.a. Justin Castro, since that's most likely his real biological father, uh, including Macron, the president of France. Many, many people were trained by the World Economic Forum. So another interesting fact about, about uh, Vladimir Putin – you know he's he uh, considers one of his important mentors to be Henry Kissinger. That he's met with Kins- Kissinger, I read in one source dozens of times. Now, how is it that the United States, a former United States uh, security advisor or Secretary of State under Richard Nixon, and yeah, Kissinger's one of these people? It was like uh, New Brzezinski who played, yeah on the democratic side, you get some of these characters that Brzezinski is currently dead. You get some of these people that whether they're in office or not, their influence is, is just the, it's, it's tremendous and never seems to go away. How is it that Kissinger who's now 99 incidentally, how did he become a mentor to Vladimir Putin? You see, it is, it is a club. It is a club. It is a club. Uh, And as uh, as has been said, uh, you and I are not in it. It is a big club, and you and I are not in it. So, the U.S. then backed they backed the Orange Revolution, Victoria Newland. uh, Under Obama, they admitted five billion dollars were spent. And again, I believe that was before the 2014 Euromane Revolution. They didn't like the U.S. And didn't like Viktor Yanukovych, who was talking about basically normalizing relations with Russia and perhaps I believe the issue again, which has always been with Russia and Putin, has been to not to make make it clear, have a legal guarantee that Ukraine would not join NATO. Uh, Yanukovych was on that and then it is sad for the Ukraine people, that's who always suffers as people. That if they could if if it was really about self rule, I think the Ukraine the Ukraine people would elect people that were rational would say, "Look, we want to be independent, we don't want to be militarized, we want to trade with Western Europe and have good relations with Western Europe, and yeah. we want to trade and have good relations with russia and that's it, but uh, no. One other thing that's interesting—you you hear this over and over and over again in, in the U.S. media—that Russia annexed Crimea. Russia annexed Crimea from Ukraine. Not true. Uh, there was a referma- referendum in the people in Crimea that were largely Russian. They voted to secede and join Russia. So that was not an annexation. But who cares about facts when uh, it'll help uh, it'll help U.S. propaganda? So five billion dollars were spent by the U.S. Victoria Newland has admitted that. Uh, little history then with Ukraine. Viktor Yanukovych served one term, being replaced by acting president uh, Alexander Turkanov, who then also served as chairman of the Ukrainian Parliament on February twenty-first, twenty fourteen. Alexander Turkanov was the only acting president in Ukraine's modern history. Unlike the U. in the U.S., where becoming acting president means immediately receiving all powers and duties of the presidency. In Ukraine, the powers of an acting president are severely limited. This is a Wikipedia article, that's not true. Uh, well, acting, acting president as opposed to president-elect, uh, you're not present until uh, basically you're sworn in. That's when they take their vow to uphold the Constitution, which no one has uh, has upheld has in quite some time. In any case, on uh, June 18, 2015, Yanukovych was officially deprived of the title of president of Ukraine. The government of Ukraine realizes, utilizes a semi-presidential system in which the roles of the head of state and head of government are separate. Thus, the president of Ukraine is not the nation's head of government. The prime minister serves as head of government, a role currently filled by Denis Shmyhal, who took office in March 2020. And we don't hear about him. We do hear about uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Volodymyr Zelensky. Who was Zelensky? Zelensky was an actor and a comedian. There's a video out there where he's doing a bit, evidently a parody bit, but he's in leather and high heels basically making homosexual overtures with the other people he's dancing, the other men he's dancing with. Uh, this, is, this is the president of Ukraine. Also, int- interestingly, too, his background is that he's Jewish. So the U.S., my interpretation as far as what happened uh, with 2014 again, after the U.S. successfully stalled a pro-Western, pro-NATO, pro-American government in t- 2004, they wanted one even more pro-American, pro-NATO, and therefore we had the 2014 Euro meeting revolution Zelensky took this oath office on May 20th 2019 very interesting we don't hear about the uh, We don't hear about the prime minister. We just hear about Zelensky Uh, In Ukraine uh, bioweapons were confirmed by more than one uh, legitimate source in the United States including none other than once again missus Victoria Newland. Victoria Newland again straight when you look at her marriage She's a high-level Democrat, and she's married to a high-level Republican. Uh, but they're really, really the parties are really opposed to each other. They really are. They really are. Uh, when you look at when you look at this uh, Ukrainian operation, uh, the so-called invasion uh, by Russia, a lot of things are pretty interesting to me. And number one, considering that Russia has uh, this military operation is ongoing, and they have Russian uh, Russian military forces have entered Ukraine for more than one for more than one point. So, Russia obviously has overwhelming superiority in terms of men, boots on the ground, and military equipment. Now, make mo- make no mistake about it: Ukraine has been given a lot of uh, military hardware by NATO. Uh, make no mistake about it, and of course, you know there's propaganda on both sides, uh, both the Russian side and the American side. Of course, uh, those in the states are exposed more to the American propaganda, like you know the ghost of Kiev. You may have heard about that ghost of Kiev that there was someone who shot down oh off, no, they said, I don't know, eight ten Russian migs, yeah, in a few weeks, uh, which it would be pretty amazing if someone did that in their lifetime, one pilot. And, of course, then it came out uh, that there was no ghost of Kiev. That, n- that had never happened. But I, myself, not being uh, an expert as far as the military tactics, again, I'm just looking at look look at a map of Ukraine, knowing that Russian military forces had entered Ukraine from more than one point, overwhelming superiority in terms of men and hardware. Once again, Ukraine having some Javelin anti-tank missiles and other things, I immediately thought if it was real, and wars are never what they seem to be. This is no exception. Uh, Most wars are banker's wars. I thought it would be over very quickly. Now, of course, even though it's one holding company as far as the nations of the world, they still have to play their part. So now Russia under Putin. Obviously, didn't, it would not be good, you know, as far as the optics, it wouldn't look good if there was heavy civilian casualties. There has not been. So that's one reason you could say perhaps it didn't go as fast as it did. I heard another theory, someone else was saying that uh, the Russian planes, the uh, the airspace, really, uh, the Russians really can't capitalize on strategic bombing. Bombings with their planes, because the air defense system of Ukraine is state of the art, given to them, given to them by the U.S. Now I don't know if that's true, but if that is true, I would still say on the ground, uh, why why would it take that long? Why would it take that long? The timing the timing of this uh, preemptive war by Putin is everything, and I give Max Egan. Credit for that observation. I think he's he's spot on. He's completely correct. Considering the timing of this, at the very same time, at least in the United States and Western Europe, uh, the SARS-CoV-2, the alleged virus that causes the alleged uh, the alleged uh, virus <laughs> the alleged uh, illness of COVID-19, at the very same time that uh, Covid nineteen is being de-emphasized in the United States and Western Europe. Then all of a sudden, Russia under Putin invades Ukraine. Now, once again, from the Russian perspective, make no make no mistake about it. For well over ten years, uh, they have said openly. Having some U.S. military plans, a lot of U.S. military plans are secret. Okay. Russia at least at face value to avoid conflict has openly said for many years again at least at least a decade if Ukraine would join NATO they would interpret that as an act of war and they would immediately they would immediately invade and if they had to Russia even said years ago they would use t- tactical nuclear weapons to repel the NATO forces so Once again, you look at a map, Russia had more to point point about this. And if it wasn't one holding company, uh, in other words, if all nations at the highest level weren't working lockstep uh, to accomplish the same agenda, which was, again, completely apparent with COVID-19, how all the nations of the world, as I said, including Russia, China, and the United States, Adopted the same talking points and did the same things. There would be no return to normalcy without a vaccine, which wasn't a vaccine. And then when it came and oh yeah, and uh, I said this before, uh, one of the multitude of lies concerning COVID-19, and in particular, the uh, experimental gene therapy mislabeled a the vaccine, one of the monumental lies was that it was safe and effective. Uh, if you didn't get the memo. If there's no long-term studies on a therapeutic, you can't say it's safe and effective. Not to mention the Harvard study that showed the various systems that's uh, <laughs> the, the system to track adverse reactions in the, in the States. Uh, that system only reports 1% to 10% of actual adverse reactions. So easily Easily, easily now, there's been well over 400,000 deaths in the United States due to the bioweapon, which they call a vaccine. It was never safe and effective. But how is it again then that Russia, China, and the U.S., not to mention Western Europe, they all, Eastern Europe, they all got on the same page. all, All these allegedly independent nations took the same position. So how do we explain the timing of this? How do we explain the timing? of this russian invasion into ukraine again this had always been an issue with them as far as ukraine joining nato and what had been said recently was that nato said that uh if ukraine was going to join nato it would be at least 10 years away yet at the same time nato was loading was transferring yeah, weapon systems into Ukraine, and that's happening today. When uh, when the conflict initially started, I thought it would be minimal. Uh, as far as I did not see, I did not see uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine leading to an open conflict between NATO and Russia. I didn't see that. Now, having said that, it does appear evident and James Corbett of the CorbettReport.com. I I uh, command you to check out his site, CorbettReport.com. You will find Max Egan's videos at Odyssey. Search Odyssey, Max Egan, or Odyssey, the Crow House. James Corbett has said for quite some time, and I believe there's, you know, there's good reason to believe that the U.S. has been preparing for a war with China, which would be horrific. Didn't think, I myself didn't think, even though now, yeah, the way the chess pieces are lying right now, uh, obviously China is moving closer towards Russia, and that's directly due to the U.S. and Western European uh, and Western European sanctions. I didn't think it would it would expand, but it is possible now that could happen because there's talk of Poland sending uh, sending troops into Ukraine. Initially, Poland it might have been another country, made made a, a really, really silly statement. They said, well, if we send troops to Ukraine or give give Ukraine military hardware, we're not doing that. as a, if That's not an official action of NATO. Uh, it's being done as an independent country who just happens to be part of NATO. So now with some of the talk, uh, it certainly looks like uh, – so it looks like it could expand that could be the touch point for uh, for an active war that uh, they have been playing for for some time uh, we shall say why why are these uh why are these sanctions uh not only crushing russia why are they uh, why are they basically why are they essentially an act of, uh economic suicide to the United States. I'll get into that first. just want to mention this agenda. Uh, when you talk about the Great Reset, again, Klaus Schwab, who looks like a James Bond supervillain, who uh, leads the World Economic Forum, they've, they've had the annual meetings at Davos for years, very influential, but he's certainly the point man now that the New World Order, a.k.a. the global elite, the men behind the curtain, he's their point man, the Great Reset. Having written that book, COVID nineteen, The Great Reset, where he openly he openly stated with his co-author that uh, it was a great great opportunity that, that COVID nineteen presented, or you know, the government's re- overreaction to this alleged virus gave governments a great example to do things they couldn't normally do. And they love they love the fact that you know you get people off the road. Uh, they love that. They love the isolation of people through social distancing, people working at home, etc. So look at look at some of these words as far as the agenda is on. There's the United Nations Agenda 21. That was signed at the Rio Earth Summit, I believe around 1991. And then that was the same Agenda 21 was rebranded, repackaged as Agenda 2030. Then Klaus Schwab speaks of the Fourth Industrial Revolution saying that people will change, not just the technology. People will change. Now, obviously, a lot of that involves transhumanism. And Max Egan would say, very simply, you're changing people from the inside out, since there is nanotech in the experimental gene therapies. If you, you take anything, and that is the case with this some messenger RNA shots, uh, when you take something that changes your DNA, that's changing you changing you from the inside out. So we have Klaus Schwab wrote the book, The Great Reset. Uh, they, use, they use the phrase, they use the buzzword, uh, the buzz phrase, build back better. No. <laughs> Not true. Everything they say, just like the Patriot Act, is the reverse. It was uh, it destroyed. The Creedom Act it wasn't the Patriot Act. It was destroy Constitutional Liberties Act. So we've got UN Agenda 21, then rebranded as United Nations Agenda 2030, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Great Reset. And then we've had, before even Greta Thunberg, the uh, the girl who's been uh, been appointed, you know, the world leaders have appointed her as a poster child to fight man-made or anthropogenic global warming, which then was rebranded as climate change because... Uh, man, man's activity uh, and we're a carbon based life form we don't make it warmer so it's a lot easier to sell us climate change because yeah, everyone believes climate change is winter, summer, spring, fall so we've had all these we've had all these movements that are coalescing it's essentially the same agenda to impoverish people to destroy the standard of living of those in the United States and Western Europe to move people into subcompact cities to destroy what's left of property rights. Now, in the States, I believe it's the same system in Europe where if you own a business or a home, you have to pay perpetual ad valorem taxes. So even if you have no mortgage on your home or you you have no mortgage on the property you own for a business, you miss one property tax payment and uh the government will uh will very will, will be very very open about their their need to then uh take your property from you and sell it to get their taxes. But the uh the deeper phase of this, you know, the next phase with agenda 21 is uh what was openly said by Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. I may have played they' little uh, They're a little blurb for it, but uh, you'll own nothing and you'll never be happier in the future, as they said. You'll own nothing and you'll never be happier. Uh, if that's not if that's not mind distorting propaganda, I don't know what is. So all of these all these agendas have coalesced, and then of course, COVID-19 uh, accelerated it massively. How? By uh, disrupting supply chains. By forcing people to interact with one another less. By making travel more difficult. And now we have the Russian incursion into Ukraine. How's it all tied together? Well, number one, with the sanctions, uh, the supply chain problems that we already have are now getting to a critical level. Ukraine is largely the breadbasket for Europe, and a lot, certain other countries, it's not as much for Europe, but uh, certain Middle Eastern countries, Egypt, gets a, a substantial amount of their grain from Ukraine, and Ukraine is not going to export any because of the war. Uh, Russia, obviously, the United States and Western Europe have seen have seen to it, or technically NATO, which includes. We should Western European nations. They've seen to it that yeah they want to punish anyone doing business with Russia. So yeah, any uh, any Russian raw materials, not just uh, not just grain, uh, where's it going to go? If no one's uh, if no one's going to do business with Russia. The big thing with Russia again is the fertilizer, because fertilizer is needed for yeah you know, big yeah you know, for uh, the way we do farming now. Again in, in, in the past that wasn't the case. that's the way industrial farming's is done, done with fertilizer. Without that fertilizer, uh you get you do not get food. And uh perhaps the biggest and the biggest and most significant factor in all of this or development is that the uh the Biden administration, the people behind uh the man with dementia in the White House uh Joe Biden had basically taken active measures to destroy the United States dollar, which is technically the Federal Reserve note, since our uh, the currency the United States is controlled by a private banking cartel called the Federal Reserve. So Good. U.S. dollar is really the Federal Reserve note. That's the world reserve currency, and these sanctions now actively working very quickly to uh, remove the United States dollars the world reserve currency and I say if that when that happens it's not an if at this point the inflation that's being experienced now by people in the states is is going to appear minimal because around the world different nations hold US dollars it's been like that post World War two because that was the reserve currency. So if you're doing business, any big deals, especially in oil, I'll get to that in a moment. And the world obviously needed oil. Oil was purchased through Saudi Arabia and the OPEC countries in dollars. So whatever, whatever currency you had, if you were, if you were Russia and you had rubles, you'd have to convert rubles to U.S. dollars to buy oil. Now, and this, in the future, probably the uh, the people behind the man with dementia will say everything's always an accident, like 9/11. Everything's always an accident. Like 9/11 was just a it was just a terrible bad hair day for the North American air defense system and and uh, every U.S. intelligence military uh, operation. It was just a hard it was a bad hair day for all, of them and no one was ever held accountable. So in the future after the United States economy is destroyed and the dollar's worth nothing. People look back and say, you know, that was that was a mistake. They just they didn't realize what they're. of course they know what they're doing. Of course they know what they're doing. Uh, if you look at Bretton Woods. You get you get some of the history as far as what happened at the end of World War II. I'm going to quote from a uh, quote from a great site online from the Federal Reserve's own site. A new international monetary system was forged by delegates from 44 nations in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, in, in July 1944. Delegates to the conference agreed to establish the International Monetary Fund and what became the World Bank Group. The system of currency convertibility that emerged from Bretton Woods lasted until 1971. The 700, 730 delegates at Bretton Woods agreed to establish two new institutions, the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, would, that would monitor exchange rates and lend reserve currencies to nations with balance of payments deficits. And the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development, now known as the World Bank Group, was responsible for providing financial assistance in 1985. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. In 1958, the Brenton Wood System became fully functional as currencies became convertible. Countries settled international balances in dollars, and the U.S. dollars were convertible, to gold at a fixed exchange rate of $35 an ounce. Now, that wasn't in the United States again. That was a limited gold gold back system. That was from foreign countries settling international balances. No one in the United States before 1971 could just show up and say, oh, yeah, yeah, give me, a, give me an ounce of gold for $35. Uh, gold sales were illegal, I believe, then. The United States had the responsibility of keeping the price of gold fixed and had to adjust the supply of dollars to maintain confidence in future gold convertibility. The Bretton Woods system was in place until persistent U.S. balance of payment deficits led to foreign-held dollars exceeding the U.S. gold stock, implying that the United States could not fulfill its obligation to redeem dollars for gold at the official price. In 1971, President Richard Nixon ended the dollar's convertibility to gold. Uh, That's when it ended. And when Nixon ended it, incidentally, he gave a little speech. It was supposed to be temporary. Uh, If you didn't get the memo, it wasn't temporary. Just like they said during World War II, just like the United States government said during World War II, that the income tax, which was then applied to individual incomes as income, income legally was defined as corporate profit. But the income tax, income was redefined as individuals earnings, individuals earnings. During World War II, they set up the income tax. And Milton Friedman was part of that. I think he was a fake libertarian. But he did that. And it was only supposed to be temporary, incidentally. Uh, the uh, paying what you earned as an individual, part of that is tax, was supposed to be temporary for World War II, but uh, it wasn't temporary. And uh, when the U.S. stopped converting uh, dollars for gold at a fixed rate of $35 per ounce of gold, it uh, wasn't temporary. In 1971, that was permanent. So after that happened in '71, how did the U.S. dollar continue to remain the world, the world reserve currency? Uh, we got to talk about Henry Kissinger and President Nixon. The Apple crisis period, 1971-74, threatened the U.S. by stripping it off its worldwide pioneering if they didn't find an alternative to the Bretton Woods system. As fast as the 1973 oil embargo occurred, the Federal Reserve came up came up with the petrodollar idea, which was proposed by two men, Ibrahim O. Weiss, you don't hear about him in the history textbooks, and Peter Peterson, U.S. Secretary of Commerce. I only heard about Nixon and Kissinger. Sooner, Henry Kissinger, the famous U.S. Secretary, uh, S- Secretary of State, made a visit to meet the king of Saudi Arabia, King Faisal, in 1974, as the biggest oil producer worldwide, in order to convince him to go forward with the petrodollar system. The idea has three points. Number one, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, would accept it to denominate soil in U.S. dollars only and convince other OPEC countries by the same idea. So in other words, Saudi Arabia would only sell dollars to anyone in the world. It would only sell oil in dollars. So anyone, everyone in the world that wanted to buy oil from Saudi Arabia would have to convert their currency to dollars. And then Saudi Arabia convinced the other OPEC countries to do the same. Uh, two, the oil revenues would be reinvested in U.S. treasuries through recycling to keep the Ponzi scheme of the U.S. economy with debt-based economy going. Three, the U.S. will offer full military security to Saudi Arabia. Those three points offered the U.S. a new hegemonic after the end of the gold era. I like that word, hegemony. I always said hegemony. They said hegemony. But uh, power, that predominant power. Now, what's happened recently with Saudi Arabia? Well, the U.S. US has helped somewhat with Saudi Arabia's war. I don't know why they're attacking Yemen. Uh, Saudi Arabia's been bombing Yemen with drones and stuff for quite some time. But uh, it may appear like a minor thing, but uh, the U.S. would not evidently back down with the current current, uh, crown prince, uh, since he was allegedly behind uh, the murder of Khashoggi, a journalist who was tied to intelligence. The U.S. wouldn't let that drop, so... That wasn't good. But the big the big thing here between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia is this, that right now, directly due to the people behind the man with the mention in the White House, Saudi Arabia is directly working with China to sell them oil in Chinese currency, in yuan, so they wouldn't have to convert to the dollar. So the days of the U.S. dollar, otherwise known as the Federal Reserve note, are... Numbered, Uh, Biden, uh, I'm going to quote from Zero Hedge P. So Biden, uh, a Friday executive order, this is two weeks ago from today, March 11th, a Friday executive order from President Biden bans the exportation, sale, or supply of U.S. dollar-denominated banknotes to Russia, tied to the government or the Russian Federation or any person located in the Russian Federation. So you get that? Two weeks ago today, a Friday executive order from President Biden bans the exportation, sale, or supply of U.S. dollar-denominated banknotes to Russia, tied to the government or the Russian Federation, or any person located in the Russian Federation. So what they're doing is they're actively destroying the role of the U.S. dollar, a.k.a. the Federal Reserve Notice the World Reserve Currency. And once again, when that occurs, and it is occurring now as we speak, On top of all supply chain issues that they've created, and uh, yeah, we I go into that in detail. I'm not. uh, You could just go to. uh, If you want some information as far as the destruction of of the food supply chain, and I had mentioned about Russia's role in supplying fertilizers to the world, so now that's cut off from Western Europe, the States, and yeah, anywhere, anywhere Russia was selling that to that. Is going to honor the U.S. sanctions, so I guess that wouldn't include South America or Africa. Uh, go to, uh, just uh, go to the Ice Age Farmer. I don't know if he's still on YouTube. Just look at the Ice Age Farmer on BitChute. Ice Age Farmer. We go into great detail. You know, there's avian flu in the United States. They say it can't jump from chickens or any type of bird to to humans yet. There's avian flu in the United States and this avian flu is resulting all over the United States in chickens being culled. That's right. So they're killing massive amounts of chickens in the United States because they claim, okay this is the story, the avian flu was found it wasn't originally in North America, but it was, uh, I think it was somewhere perhaps in the Caribbean, maybe in Haiti, Haiti or Dominican Republic. And then they claim migrating birds, not my, not my story, this is their story, their theory, migrating birds then that I guess were vacationing from moving from Haiti or uh, Dominican Republic. They were visiting some relatives in the United States. Uh, Those birds came to the United States, and then we found avian flu. It was discovered, I think, initially in North and South Carolina. And now, the Nebraska Department of Agriculture announced on Tuesday that it it has confirmed the case of the highly contagious bird flu in a commercial flock of 570 broiler chickens. What are the broiler chickens? Those are the big, fat ones you eat, the rotisserie chickens. And that the birds will be humanely depopulated and disposed of. So, in Nebraska alone, they're going to kill, not for human consumption, and throw away 570,000 broiler chickens. So, as this is happening all over the United States, what do you think? What do you think the price of chicken is going to be if chicken is available six to 12 months from now? Biden himself, again, he does have dementia. I'm not making fun of him. It's, it's obvious. It's obvious. I think part of the slap with Biden is they want to see how far they can manipulate or push the Democratic base regardless of how ridiculous Biden is, regardless of how stupid he sounds and ignorant and completely divorced from reality, regardless of the decisions he makes. They just want to see how Partisan is that side. How partisan would be Biden voters? That they can. How? How? What is the level of pain that they'll continue to support him? In any case, a Biden has casually admitted food shortages coming to Western Europe and the United States. Yeah, but Yeah, but Biden. Biden has admitted that. I'm going to pull that up. This is from a Zero Hedge piece, dated today. Nothing to see here. Only the present the United States-speaking an emergency summit of NATO heads, making somewhat over, overly casual sounding references regarding likely massive energy food shortages. Quote, it's going to be real, Biden said, in news con- said at a news conference in Brussels. The price of the sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's, a po- it's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. So, Let's uh let's hear the uh, alleged president of the United States.
1: With regard to food shortages, yes, we did we still talk about food shortages, and uh, and it's going to be real. The price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia; it's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. And uh, because both. Russia and Ukraine have been the breadbasket of Europe in terms of wheat, for example. Just give one example. But uh, we had a long discussion uh, in the G7 with uh, um, the uh, with both uh, the United States, which has a a significant, the third largest producer of wheat in the world, as well as Canada, which is also a major, major producer. We both talked about how we could increase and disseminate more rapidly food, food shortages. In addition to that, we talked about uh, urging all the European countries and everyone else to end trade restrictions on, on sending, uh, li- limitations on sending food abroad. And so we are in the process of working out with our European friends what it would be, what it would take to help alleviate the concerns relative to uh, food shortages. We also talked about a significant major U.S. investment, among others, in terms of providing for the need for humanitarian assistance, including food, as we move forward.
0: Um, yeah. So, uh, so man with dementia says U.S. and uh, U.S. and Canada they're going to look at ways to expand their uh, wheat production. He didn't mention how they're going to do that without any fertilizer. He, he didn't seem to mention that. Uh, didn't seem to mention that. And, uh, also didn't mention how since, uh, he's on board with, uh, the, uh, horrifically evil man-made global warming myth. So, uh, yeah, you're going to produce more grain. You need more energy uh, to do that, and uh, they don't want to. They don't want to uh, open up new refineries in the United States. That was uh, some other evil, too, some uh, horrific filth that was started by President Nixon by executive order after a UN meeting. President Nixon by executive order created the Environmental Protection Agency. No constitutional authority, and then the whores in Congress who who violate the oath of office or the, the oath to the Constitution, the oath of their office to the Constitution, just ignore it. There should be no EPA. If any state, for example, like California, uh, wants to limit the use of oil and the production, that's fine. Let the other states that don't want to. Uh, do what they want, and then you'd see those states massive wealth, massive wealth that would be in the United States if there were no, if there was no EPA, uh, the energy that the United States could produce and then export to the world, the price of gas would be low, as would all electricity. But no, no, our overlords have decided they want to, they're on board with this inhuman agenda 21, agenda 23, the Great Reset the fourth industrial revolution, and the current administration is playing a role. As the PSYOP has slipped for the moment from COVID-19 to the Ukraine war, the agenda continues. The agenda of depopulation and deindustrialization. And we're living through the destruction of the economy of the United States. Wish I could be more upbeat, but that is what's going on. I don't know if they are going to kick off a hot World War III, if uh, the economic war between the United States and Western Europe and Russia is going to go hot. I don't know. As I said before, I do believe they are preparing for war with China. So I'm not sure. And, of course, when they do have war, that's open. Now it's covert. Uh, then, then the governments get even more power to do whatever they want. You've been listening to the KRP radio show, Keeping It Real, with Parchy Miller, guest host Rocco P. I I would be, be, be remiss if I said, as I talked about geopolitics and what's going on, what the plans of the overlords are, I'd be remiss, I'd say, at the individual level. The most important thing I could communicate is the gospel. And that's that every human being is a sinner. We sin by our nature. We sin by choice. So that separates us from God. We, create, we were all created in the image and likeness of God. But there is an opportunity to be reconciled with God. That's only through the cross. That's only through knowing Jesus Christ. God became man and remained God in Christ. He was sinless. He died. He died a substitutionary death. He died, his death was perpetuatory, meaning his death and his death alone appeased the wrath of God for the sins of the world. When an individual realizes that he's a sinner and trusts Christ and realizes that Christ died in his place, shed his blood for him, and then rose again, and uh, when Christ rose, he never died again. He was immutably glorified. When a person trusts Christ, the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That person's a new creature. You're spiritually alive then. Until you do that, you're spiritually dead. Our only hope, really, is individuals. It's not societal. It's, uh, it's certainly not cultural. The cultural war is lost. It's, it's lost in the United States. It's lost in Western Europe. But there is still hope at the individual level. The ultimate hope is that of the gospel. I'd like to thank Pudgy Miller again for the opportunity to use his platform. I will hope to be back Next month, last Friday in April, is April 29th. Once again, you've been listening to KRP Radio Show, Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. Thank you.
1: KRP Radio!